Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all shapes, sorts, and sizes. Hello, this is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. have a fantastic lineup of guests this week. We've got music royalty Bobby Bear Jr., guitarist of Guided by Voices. We've got Amber and Graham, combined together, make the phenomenal music duo Claws. We have Jesse Hosick, lead vocalist of the Knoxville Rock and Roll Outfit, 10 years. Now we have a lot of great, fascinating topics to cover, so I won't spend too much time in the intro yapping my jaws about just random stuff, and we'll get on with it. Without further ado, here you go. Enjoy. Very proud to announce to you that we got a homegrown Nashville, Tennessee legend on the podcast, Mr. Bobby Bear Jr., plays guitar and guided by voices has his own solo projects going on including bear jr which has been a staple in nashville since i was knee high to a grasshopper we speak to him about all sorts of things including the new album coming out for guided by voices that's next here we go bobby you said your uh, daughter's got her learner's permit uh, what kind of grade would you give her as far as her driving skills c plus nice c. Yeah. Where, where, are you, where are you guys trekking right now? Somewhere in Middle Tennessee? In, yeah, Rivergate. Oh, not too bad. Nashville, yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah, I just live down the road in Columbia. Oh, yeah. yeah and what before. is this for, exactly? Um, I have my own little podcast. It's called Uncharted, and I interview the finest musicians in the world. And uh, you showed up on my radar, so I tried to snag you up. Groovy. Yeah, I've been a fan of you since I was 14. I saw you play at Star Wars. Star Star Wars. Star, Star Wars with uh, widespread panic. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was great. That was a great venue. It broke my heart when they tore it down for no reason. Yeah, it had to go. Yeah. But uh, more importantly, now let's fast forward to I'm in my late thirties. Let's talk about this awesome new guided by voices styles we pay for. Um, Third album this year, man. How did how does that happen? Just a quarantine? It's all a blur. It's <laughs> all a blur. It was going to be called uh, Before Computers, but then because of uh, – or was it the one before? I forget which one. It was going to be called Before Computers, uh-huh. but COVID hit, and now it's called – now it's it's not called Before Computers. It basically exists because of computers. Yeah, because you're going to go analog, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we were going to go analog. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's we we do so much recording. I don't know if it's this album or the one before this. <laughs> yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's pretty that amazing, one. man. Shelling out three three in a in a year, and the year ain't even over yet. Um, did these songs uh, were they already pre-written, or did they just come? Uh, or do they just come, uh, you know, spontaneously? We get a batch of songs from Bob that are just him on a boombox uh-huh. recording. And then our recording engineer does something called laundered, which means he puts on a grid so all the beats 
you know, it's it's on a grid, and then uh, and he pitch corrects it because sometimes cassettes will slow down or speed up, mostly slow down, and he makes it to where we can just play on top of it. Yeah, right on. And uh, and the whole band recorded it in in each uh, in each of their respective states. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were except Bob, yeah. So you recorded in Nashville. That's pretty cool, man. Because uh, this this song that I've got to hear, Mister Child, I, I dig it. It's very happy for these trying times. Like like this had to have been a prior to COVID song because it's just very joyous. I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm sometimes he'll send us a song that existed 30 years ago and we don't know it. <laughs> and uh, but a lot of times, you know, he just. He just came up with it that day, that morning. Wow! How, how, that uh, some people do that, it just amazes me. I, I can't, I can't write a song, and some people can write it like it's nobody's business. Uh, yeah, uh, he's he's a magical force. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, I uh, are you guys? Uh, you know, the release is December 11th. You plan on doing another one of these? Uh, you know, streaming it live like you did, which garnered like a the broke records right for like noon. I don't, I don't. I don't know. It's all up to Bob. Yep. I really don't know. I got you. So we just got to wait on Bob's thumbs up or thumbs down. He's 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 the man. Are you talking to Bob? Not talking to Bob. I just wanted to talk to you. Oh okay okay. Yeah. I, Are you I, talking I, to the other guys? No, I specifically asked for Mr. Bear Jr. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because, like I said, I, I try to keep it here, you know, within the confines of Nashville, and uh, you know, you've oh, been, okay. uh, you've been, a, I've been a fan of yours forever. So I just wanted to talk mostly Thanks. to you about it. Yeah, no problem. I've just always uh, been a fan of your work. Um, Thanks. And I was just uh, another thing I was wondering, like, when it comes to this streaming show, like putting that much effort into it without a crowd, like, I mean, how do you get energy when it usually it's, uh, you know, it's the audience participation that usually makes the band kind of go. <sighs> You know, I just get on stage. I don't know if you notice. I just face the middle and I watch Bob, and that's my show. <laughs> you know, because nobody nobody showed up to see me. I don't yeah. perform to the audience that often, so nobody's there to see me. They're there to see what I want to see, which is Bob. He's <laughs> like, a real rock star. So oh, I just no. pay, you're, I just you're face the middle. Well, but it's 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 you know it's a guided by voices show. And even though I've been doing this for almost five years, I'm I'm new to the GBV world. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Well, let's. Um, but we are the longest right. We are the longest running uh, lineup, unchanged lineup of Got by Voices. That's great. You said what? You're five years in. Yeah, we're the longest running unchanged lineup. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some things that uh, you will be able to answer that just has to address yourself. Like, um, I just discovered you have a degree in psychology from UT. Are you practicing? What? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. It's a worth uh, an undergraduate degree in psychology is completely worthless. Really? You can't do anything with it. No, you can go into, I mean, social work maybe, but mostly it's just a degree. It's about like having a philosophy degree. Right on. It's only there to go to get your master's or doctorate. I see. I just saw that doing a little internet trolling and thought it was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I was also a train engineer at Opryland. 
Really? If you're looking for things to troll for, yeah. Yeah. That is very interesting. I would have not yeah. guessed that, but hey, that's yeah. cool. Talk about another thing that they shouldn't have tore down. Oh, uh, um, yeah. No, you're <laughs> you're totally right. All right. Let me ask you this. Are you the youngest person ever nominated for a Grammy? I'm going to say yes. At that time, I think I was, at that time, the youngest. Yeah, I've never heard of anybody else at eight years old. And then, of course, you know, I watched one of the videos today for Daddy What If, and you're singing in front of a pretty big crowd. I mean, it takes some big cahoons to sing like that at such a young age. Yeah, I was six or seven when I sang the song, though. Yeah. So you weren't nervous? It was always just a part of you, just to be an entertainer? Oh, I was really nervous, but I wanted to be on stage with my dad. That was cool. Yeah. It looked like a great job. And you were on the set of Hee Haw, too. I thought that was pretty awesome. Heck, yeah. I, I was on Hee Haw twice. Wow. They need to revamp Hee Haw, don't you think? Oh, that'd be interesting. That would be something. All right, one more question, my friend. I'll let you get back to driver training. Uh, I also saw you grew up uh, next to George Jones and Tammy Wynette. What what was that childhood like? Uh, I, they were on the road a lot. I didn't I didn't hang out with them a whole lot. Uh, I I knew them, you know. I knew them, but I I saw them on the road also a lot. But when they moved out, do you know who Jerry Jarrett is or Double J is in the I wrestling don't. world? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jeff Jarrett, the guy with the guitar. Uh, well. Yeah, do you know who his dad is, Jerry Jarrett? I, I do I do not, but I would like to learn. Well, his dad ran all that wrestling that Andy Kaufman did and everything what? like that. Uh-huh. And so uh, they moved in. So my neighbors were like Kojo Yamamoto and Superstar Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler. That, that's who I hung out with on weekends and watched football, and those guys' egos were insane. But uh, – you know how Billy Corgan owns a wrestling company? Yeah, he owns uh, Impact. Impact. Yeah. I was playing the basement OG in, I think, January or February, and Billy Corgan walks in uh, with Hank Williams, with Bo Cephas' daughter, oh, wow. uh, Hillary. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm here to see you play. I'm like, holy cow, you're with Hillary. But anyways... Then I was in Guy by Voices he thought was cool, but I said, you know who lived next door to me is uh, Double J's dad. And and that that's what me and Billy Corgan got to talk about. Yeah. Was how, how amazed he was that uh, the wrestling world brushed up so closely against the uh, country world that I grew up in. Yeah, well, some of those guys, they just go hand in hand. Like the Honky Tonk Man, he tried to record a few albums, I think. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but well, hey, uh, uh, did you know we did a Bear Junior reunion online a month ago? Uh, you know, I just caught that too late, and I was beyond upset about it. Yeah. I'd have been, I'd have been okay. all over that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I bet that was original lineup too. Yeah. 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 yeah I was, I'm always late to the game with that. You know, uh, I just was like, oh, shenanigans. But. Uh, uh, can you still stream it, or is it, are you going to do another one? Like uh, I don't. I, I, no, I don't think it'll stream. We just did it for that one thing. We are going to. I'm going to put a thing. It's, I think it's already on YouTube. It's Bear Junior live in Minnesota, Minneapolis, near Minneapolis, somewhere. It's like a twenty thousand something people. Wow. So we did with Cake and Motorhead and uh, Offspring. 
What a in combo. In 99, yeah. I think it was. Nice. Well, I'll get to check yeah. that out. Well, hey, man, yeah. um, thank you so much for speaking with me. And, uh, Absolutely. We'll watch for you watching Bob here really soon with Get It By Voices on the album release yeah. on December 11th. Totally. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Had a terrific time interviewing the awesome duo Claws, Amber and Graham. They have a brand new single out called Dance in Place. Makes you feel good, makes you want to get up and dance yourself, whether you have ability or not. Check the single out on YouTube or wherever you listen to music. I want to apologize also to in advance. Um, when I'm asking questions, it sounds a bit muffled, like I'm up in a spaceship. And truth be told, I am, uh, I was, I was uh, human napped by extraterrestrials and they stuck a honing device in my body and now every so often during the day I glow a little bit like E.T. Uh, but their answers are crystal clear. It was a fun interview. Check them out. Great group. We hope to get them to Nashville, Tennessee when the world opens back up. And without further ado, enjoy this interview. I just rhymed. Didn't mean to, but it's all good. On the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Okay, Graham and Amber of the fantastic duo Claws. Thank you for talking to me first and foremost. Of course. Thanks for having us. I, I, just like I said, um, in these times we've got right now, which are miserable for the most part, um, this uh, dance in place, man, it's, it's just tra- changing the trajectory of my attitude. I love it. like to dance to it. I uh, love you guys' uh, uh, you know, dance moves. Who was your choreograph uh, person in this uh, music video? Um, Jack Daniels and Budweiser. <laughs> Hopefully not Nick. <laughs> no, we just uh, directed ourselves there. Yeah, that that's what really impressed me because, I mean, it's one thing to make great music, which is you two uh, do, but uh, the the dancing was on point. I like it because I like to just kind of kind of go with the flow and it just uh it, it's perfect uh you guys uh, really captured lightning in a bottle with this one good for you oh well, thank you thanks so much i mean it's very different for us like uh-huh. we our older music is a little darker and we i think we wrote you know amber would write stuff more like just a little more serious and we started making this album you know last year and wanted to you know before of course the world changed and wanted to make a dance record and like our version of a dance record. And uh, I think it kind of, uh, yeah, came, it it was a little more poignant now, the dance in place, like that wasn't written during COVID. It was written pre COVID, but kind of makes sense. I think now Amber is (laughs) for sure. Yeah. I think um, it's exciting to, to release the song and to be able to share it with people because we did write it before the world kind of shifted into this weird space, but it does feel like kind of relevant now. Mm-hmm. No, indeed. And that's, that's one thing I like to, you know, I read you two are fixated on finding joy in little moments. And that's so important in these trying times. And I think you guys have got a good knack for it because it, it brings joy to people like me. And I stay grumpy a lot with the way things are going now. Oh, us too. It's easy too. <laughs> it's easy too, man. I think yeah. it's good. It's even a good reminder for us, you know, to um, to to find joy in those little things. We have to, or I think you just go insane. Yeah, I, mean, I think I. Oh, well, I know. I wrote it because it's a it's a lesson that I'm constantly learning, and it's not anything that I've mastered yet. But it's something that I think is really important to me. Is like when I feel 
you know, sad or upset or something like I can, I can sort of reorient myself and like, remember to like, just be in my body and like dance and, and smile and try to remember some good stuff about life. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Cause I'm, I'm a bigger dude. I'm six foot tall. I'm in the 300 pound range and I love to dance just to do it. And even though it looks goofy, it does make people smile at times. So uh, I can definitely appreciate that. Hey, I feel oh. you. That was I. I was goofy dancing all over the street. It was a lot for me just to like get over that and just like, all right, I'm gonna go on the street and dance like an idiot. And... Well, I think goofy is like very much who we are, and like for a long time in our band, I think we felt a lot of pressure to like be cool, and like now I think we're at the point where we're just like, no, we don't care anymore. <laughs> who cares? Well, uh, Amber, it's funny you bring that up because I, I I read you know you wanted to write songs that change the world. Uh, but, you know, actually, to a guy like me, as a fan, simplistic, joyous songs can do a lot for the world. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, writing something like this can, can do a whole lot for the world in its own right. I mean, that would be my, my deepest, dearest hope, is that a song that helped me could help other people. And if it does, man, what an honor. Yeah. Cause, uh, like I said, it, it, it takes a lot of utzva to, to dance like that all around. I'm assuming Brooklyn is the area of that video, correct? Yeah, Brooklyn and then Ridgewood, Queens. Wow, places I've never been being a Southern guy. Are, are both of you Southern? We oh, are. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can Born tell and by raised. How, yeah, I can tell by how, how hospitable and how kind you both sound. Um, you know, you, you Southern people can just tell that. And I, I mean, it must have been a, a shock to some degree uh, taking yourselves to, to New York to live, or at least, you know, kind of take it all in. I imagine it'd be a shock for me. It. It, I was surprised by how at home I felt in New York because I think New York has a very similar thing to the South where there's like a sort of shared uh, like community just by, you know, by living here. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes on a Southern quality. Like people here are surprisingly warm. What 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 did they say the first time they heard you say y'all to somebody? Um, I haven't been made fun of a whole lot for it yet, yeah. which is good because I totally thought that um, I would be, <laughs> but yeah. I think it's really cool because y'all is, I've noticed that a lot of Northerners have started saying it. Really? Like, yeah, because it's kind of like a gender neutral, like inclusive term that you can use to mean like anyone. Yeah, because it's just shortened from you all. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah it just includes everybody. It's like all y'all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's such a yeah. great word. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm a middle Tennessee boy, and I saw the Atlanta background, so I just had a couple of questions because I've been a couple of places up north. I haven't had the opportunity to go to New York anywhere yet. Hoping to eventually one day and check some things out. I, Man, have a, I, I, I hope you can get here. It's yeah. I've been here a lot over the years before we moved here for work, and I've always had a love affair with this city and. I'm born and raised in South. I was born in Mount Home, Arkansas. Nice. Mobile. My brother was born in Mobile, Alabama. I went to school a lot, and my dad still lives in Savannah, Georgia, and then spent a lot, most of my professional adult like career in in um, Atlanta. But, um, yeah, I I just think this is the greatest city in the world in terms of a metropolis, in terms of a city, in terms of the, the history and the people and just, you know, there's nothing quite like New York. Well, it's cool. It's sold. I'm going to come visit. But um, would you say you and Hank Aaron are the two most famous people from Mobile then since you've lived there? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be somebody, somebody 
repping Mobile a little better yeah, than me. Right? Like an yeah. actress or something. <laughs> uh, I don't tell you so, sure. You're, you're, you're all the, I mean, you have four Grammys, right, uh, to your name, which is most than anybody else I know. I mean, what's your feelings, <laughs> uh, what's your feelings of being uh, in front of the, you know, like being in front of an entertainer versus being behind the board, like being a producer and all that? Yeah, uh, I I prefer it just because the reason I kind of started down this path of transitioning from uh, producer engineer to you know artist was really wanting to have just control over and like have it be my way. Like I like clients and working on other people's things, but I really just kind of wanted it to work on you know what is now me and Amber's collective vision, but have that that was I was just always more fulfilled doing that than yeah. doing the other thing and I'm grateful for those times and the things that I was able to do and the experiences and the success but I just get a lot more fulfillment doing this than the other thing I got you well, well either way you know uh, uh, this collective is fantastic and I'm hoping to get you guys you know when the world opens back up I think maybe Marathon Music Works in Nashville be a perfect place for you to come rock out so we can enjoy it you know, here in Tennessee, so. Oh, we we would wait. we would love we would love to. We had a tour, and I think it did come through Nashville on the books for April, which is now postponed. indefinitely postponed. So we'll put some good vibes out there that. We'll get to come yeah. Tennessee. We would love to. We love Nashville. We love playing shows. We really miss playing shows. We haven't um, played for an audience since February, and it's probably the longest we've ever gone as a band without playing a show. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of which, I'm going to my first concert in a year tomorrow, um, oh, wow. which is crazy to think about. It's, it's a benefit for COVID in Nashville, but, you know, it's, it's, it's at a concert venue where you usually stand, but they've only got a certain amount of seats. They're all spaced out. You have to wear a mask unless you're eating or drinking. So it's going to be interesting to see because the last concert I saw, I never thought, you know, we never realize how much you miss something until you absolutely do not have it. Agreed. Agreed. We took so much for granted in the before. Yes. I know. Voice changes perspective. Um, do you guys tour the band or is it just you two? It's just us two. Yeah, nice. we just we just do a duo show and it, it works really well for us. Yeah, um, a lot better than easy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's definitely Certainly. definitely cheaper. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean because like a lot of our stuff is electronic anyways, we're able to you know, it's not like we have a live drummer on our recordings. So yeah, it, it it's and you know we just get up there and dance and have a good time and you know I play kind of multiple instruments and Amber is uh, an incredible front woman and really connects with the crowd in a good way. So um, yeah. it's surprising what you can do as a duo these days. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I agree. You guys definitely have an awesome chemistry that I really enjoy. And I, uh, like I said, just from watching the videos and everything. But I will tell you something before I learned of this song. Uh, you guys actually did a, a song that I think you did better than the original that I actually had in my playlist for when I worked out. And that was uh, Electric Fiddle. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. I, I just remember, here's how I found it. You know, I put the song in from uh, the original group, and you guys were in there, you know, some of the auctions on Spotify. And I just always thought it was, you know, I don't just say that. I just thought it was uh, it was just a degree better. So good job. 
Well, I appreciate that. We love that song. And, yeah, that's amazing. Hi, yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we found it. But yeah, we we did enjoy that cover, and we still play that one live. And it, you know, sometimes sometimes when, sometimes. when yeah. shows are a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Sometimes. So, are you guys, uh, you know, in support of this song and everything? Are, are you doing the streaming online, or, or what are you doing to to uh, keep it going? Yeah, we well, we today we've been doing. Uh, we started a series called the Living Room Sessions. So. We did a live version of Dance in Place from our living room here in uh, Queens. From our couch. From our couch. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's up. And then we um, we made the video that you saw, but we also uh, just recently put out a lyric video that we made ourselves as well, which features the fancy footwork of Graham here. Oh, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's better at it. He's better at it. But no, we're, yeah, we're, the live thing, um, I don't know, it's tricky. I mean, we, thankfully, we have, like, the equipment and stuff to kind of make our own. So we're going to start slowly releasing, because we're releasing new music throughout the year and um, releasing live, like, you know, from home performances with that. And we may do some other live show recording things. We talked about maybe doing a rooftop show or something, you know. Yeah, hey, right on. You can't be just uh, both of you as directors capture the mood of your song so effortlessly. Uh, how did you develop such filming skills? Don't tell me this is all organic. This is 100%. We, this is due to COVID, <laughs> we're going to figure out how to make our own music videos. And yeah. we just figured it out and learned it and we shot it all ourselves on a, both of those were shot on an iPhone. I know that's so impressive guys. Um, very impressed with that because that, that just means you have more talent than you should rise with half. So good for you. Um, <laughs> well, when, when you thank you. I don't know about that, but we're, we're having fun nonetheless, you know, and that's all. It's, yeah. All, I think it matters. comes from like just genuinely enjoying doing it. And like, you know, we've had, we've been doing this as a band and like doing DIY videos for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I think we've just kind of fallen into step with it in a really organic way. Um, that makes sense to us. And uh, so it's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly grateful for the circumstances that brought us to this place. Cause it's like opening up this whole new kind of creativity for us. was thrilled to talk to a local homegrown band out of Knoxville, Tennessee, the hard rock group Phenoms. Ten years lead vocalist Jesse Hossick got him on the podcast, was proud to speak with him, got a brand new album out called Violent Allies. We talk about that and much more. It was really uh, an awesome interview. That's coming up next on the Uncharted Podcast. Jesse from 10 years on the phone here with me. Uh, you guys have been making Tennessee proud, not just here in the middle, but representing Knoxville. Uh, you know, thanks for your time. Uh, Violent Allies is a brilliant uh, piece of work. Been enjoying it all day. What's going on with you? Uh, just hanging out at home, kind of being domesticated family life at the moment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep, got to have that dual rock star slash, uh, you know, family thing going on. I totally understand. Yeah. Been yeah, watching your, uh, yeah. Watching your Instagram and your Facebook and everything, and you've been busy packaging these uh, these box sets that look incredible, man. What what uh, what inspired that? What all comes when you get a hold of one of those? Well, what inspired that is just we're used to touring our faces off right now when a new album comes out, but 
yeah. with the whole pandemic, we're stuck at home. So we were like, we've got to stay productive and, and inspired. So uh, actually, Brian, the guitar player in the band, came to me. He's like, hey, man, what do you you love doing art and conceptual ideas. What do you think about doing a piece, a visual piece of art for each song? And I was like, uh, well, I've got time on my hands. So yeah. I got into it, and I'd never I've, – I've done stuff – in the past kind of like that but it's been a long time since it's been that big of a concept through it ended up being 12 individual pieces of art that it it took a couple of weeks because I really wanted to immerse myself in each song and kind of find something visually to to attach to the to the song itself and you get those in the this box set and then unfortunately we had to make our uh, fans practice patience because we ordered we ordered these box sets way back in like july or something and because of covid they got pushed back so they've all been shipped out so everybody should be see, be seeing their stuff soon but it pushed it about a month back so yeah. yeah we weren't we weren't excited about that but at least we got everything in it's got a signed vinyl signed cd uh 12 pieces of art an exclusive shirt uh, there's a handwritten note an in-depth booklet on the making of the album and even guitar picks. I mean, it's, it's like the whole kitchen sink, <laughs> everything in the kitchen awesome. sink. Yeah. It looks exciting. I just want to talk to you about, it. yeah, I totally understand. Usually when you guys put out one of these albums that, you know, you, you find a tour coming a little bit behind it and, you know, I mean, granted, you know, I, I'm sure you guys are doing the virtual stuff and, and I saw the one, but it's gotta be killing you when you're used to out there, you know, rocking everybody's face off to be kind of, you know, just, just squatting at home or, or wherever, trying to get back out on the road when the world opens back up. It, it's definitely um, an adjustment to say the least. Like we're, this will be the first time in our careers, and you know, the very first major label album release was way back in 2005, and we have always toured extensively when a new album comes out. For every time a new album comes out, we would tour for a year minimum. So it, it's. It's been some adjustment, but I think we've really allowed ourselves to um, kind of immerse ourselves in the creative side of things and keep writing music and then the visual stuff. And and thank God for the Internet, because without that, how would we even stay connected to anyone? So we will definitely be doing more virtual stuff soon. Uh, we did the first one not really knowing what to expect. And, you know, what's so crazy is, the loyalty of our fan base and just the loyalty of, of music lovers out there really supporting musicians because what little people realize, what little little do they know is is we're not all super rich rock stars. We rely on touring, so that's that's probably a good portion of our income. So doing all this extra stuff like box sets and virtual things and and the fans actually supporting it, it, it helps us tremendously, and we're, we can't be more than grateful for that, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Plus, it's not inexpensive to put fuel in any vehicle you're touring in. <laughs> no, I mean it, the whole thing about touring is it's expensive too. You got, on average, four to five band guys and that many crew guys packed into a tour bus and hotels and gas and keep going, you know. But it's it's been great considering, you know, adjusting to all this. Uh, that's why we're going to do more viral concerts because of how well received the first one was. Yeah. So. Well, the venue you're in, man, it was perfect. I'd love to be. I'd love to come see you guys there. Where is that located at? The one with like the brick wall with your logo on the back. Um, it that the logo is is one we have from touring. We we have a lot 
we have a lot of our own staging equipment, lighting equipment, and all kinds of stuff that we usually bring with ourselves on tour. But that venue is a, a good friend of ours, uh, owns a venue, it's called the Open Court, and it's in a West Knoxville area. And um, they're just, they were great to us and, and let us um, use the place, and we just kind of gave them a shout out for letting us use it. But we really like the vibe of it because it definitely has a it's it's a club and it has a club vibe and that's kind of what we're going for and just the the look of it the, that whole thing turned out way better than we expected and it was um you know a lot of rehearsing it's weird to put in that much time practicing and put in that much time like planning every little detail out for just one show usually we're used to touring every single night and the repetition makes it get better but when it's one and done you got to really Dot your I's and cross your T's. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, you know, here in Nashville, Marathon Music Works just opened back up. We got to get you in there. That's where that's where I'd come see it for sure. Yeah, we. I mean, we've been playing again, playing Nashville in the the Tennessee area since before we were signed. We we played all the way back in early early two thousand two thousand two and three and stuff. So yeah, we, hopefully. We can start seeing some some light at the end of the tunnel, and you know I, I think that it's not just going to be a switch overnight and everything's back to normal. I think it's it's going to take a long time for it to actually get back the way it was. So yeah. there's going to be some adjustment, like drive-in shows and, and shows where there's you, you know you still have to keep your stay with your group and stay distant. So whatever it takes for us to all remain safe, but still move forward through all this craziness. Yeah, I was looking, like I said, looking at the Marathon's venue, the concerts they're having, you know, that they have them spaced out, as weird as that might seem or be, but, you know, they want you to wear your mask unless you're eating or drinking, so, you know, that might kind of get hot, but it's better doing that than catching something that, you know, may eventually harm you really bad, so. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is this is, this is something that no one alive right now has ever witnessed. You know, this the last time that anything's even been close to this was back in the beginning of the 1900s. So yeah. we we do need to be smart and considerate as a whole for all of our society. And it's it's if it means wearing a mask, it means wearing a mask. I don't. It's it could be worse, you know. So yeah, definitely. At least we're not all turning into zombies and having to call <laughs> yeah. Woody Harrelson to come save us. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing a full hazmat suit. Um, yeah. But with, with that being said, was any of this album, which is it has deep lyrics, I really enjoy them. That's one thing that uh, I've always loved about you guys. Uh, your songwriting is on point. Um, oh, did any? You. Yeah. Um, uh, did any of this album was inspired by current events or things happening in the world, or did you write it prior to all this stuff? What is so absolutely crazy is there are a couple, a handful of songs on the album that couldn't be more spot on with our current times. A great example of that is the shift. I mean, of course, as we go from violence to from silence to silence, yeah. silence to sirens without a space between, we're a violent virus without a remedy. And it, that was actually written towards the end of 2019. We wow. we've written pretty much 80% of this album the end of last year over a year ago and we barely little did we know what was coming we we finished recording in the studio at the end of february of this year and as soon as we got home is when everything went south or, or kind of crazy so it was all pretty much pre-written before any of of the the pandemic happened so even though some of that stuff like it goes from the shift saying that you know we're 
violent virus without a remedy. And the opening line of the next song, The Unknown, is how did we end up here sifting through our own ashes? It's like the, the in the middle of it and then the aftermath of it. And it's like yeah. a little eerie. Yeah, you know? uh, th- this part, speaking of the unknown, which really caught me, and I love this, This it's in verse 2, the beginning was, uh, but no one can survive at the speed of life forever, man. That's that's powerful. I like that. Yeah, yeah, th- that one was, uh, I don't remember what made me come across that. I, I, I love, like, a play on words and, and taking phrases and lines that are commonly used in everyday society and then kind of tweaking them and it just you hear the speed of light but then I, it popped in to say the speed of life and i've actually had people interviewing and say the speed of light and i'm like no it's actually the speed of life and they're like oh that makes so much more sense so yeah it's those little things i like to throw in there i, I definitely um when it comes to lyrics i, I really sit on them and, and think about them and go through and critique it's 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 my platform to kind of really have a voice to explain what's going on inside the head. Absolutely. And uh, uh, of rock music, in my opinion, the two guys that have mastered the thought-provoking lyrics are you and Maynard James Keenan. Uh, oh, I, you, well. guys, you guys have it, man. That's awesome. It's great company to be in. I, I, I try to – it's crazy to even still be doing stuff like getting interviews and, and, and doing music and creating – like. It, it's weird because I, you sit inside your own head and you have your own perspective as an individual, but to, for it to be something I can create within and, and kind of put it out there and let it go and then see how much of an impact and a ripple effect it has on so many people, is it's, it's crazy. I still It's surreal to me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go way back in time, which is, I know you speak on it a lot, so I won't take too much time with it, but... Um, for me, uh, and I loved it all, you know, when, when I found out you guys were from Knoxville, of course I was behind it, proud of some hometown guys, but uh, Through the Iris, uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, but the lyrics, that's one of the most amazingly written songs I've ever heard. I mean, it rocks oh. hard, but it's thought-provoking, like just kudos. That, that, that's like, oh, man. Thank you. Poem, Thank you, like Amer- yeah, American literature is fine. It's definitely a poem. Like that whole first album, The Autumn Effect, I wrote – in very much poem form where it was not nearly as straightforward as some of this other stuff in our other catalogs. But um, the reason being that I, I kind of did the autumn effect that way and the song like through the iris that way is because I wasn't, this was all new to me. I, this was before we had success when we wrote the autumn effect. Yeah, we, we signed a record deal, but we had zero success besides locally. So I was still very internal with my thoughts and my emotions. So I wrote in code. I wrote everything to where you, people are like, what in the world is he talking about? And it was really to kind of make people think and, and, and wonder what's going on. And over the years, I've found I found comfort in, in both the poetry form and, and sort of the ambiguous lyrics. And then also it's it's I've been able to actually be comfortable with being more straightforward. And it, it took time to get there because – that's really when you're real vulnerable is when you put your heart out on your sleeve like that. But um, Through the Iris was just a, a a love song about being very apprehensive to ever fall in love again. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's almost the anti-love song. Yeah, well, to me, it's one of the greatest songs ever composed. I just, I, I loved it. And when it came out, I wasn't, I think I was in the starting of my early 20s and didn't quite understand it. But would look it over, but you know it just rocked. You know you just you love it. Yeah. Stop, stop provoking. 
it's almost like too much for a guy with ADD, but I, I do appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fun when you can go back and re-listen to things and relive things and almost see it in a different light. I definitely do that with a lot of stuff from my past. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, and another thing with that that uh, I found very interesting is that with an awesome voice that you do have, it seems kind of effortless when you sing. You didn't pursue a career as a lead vocalist. It kind of uh, came upon you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It was um, – growing up, I was very much more, I guess, classified as an introvert and shy. And, I, I, like, I, I was raised in church, so I was always, like, singing in choir and stuff. But it was the quiet guy in the background. I wouldn't – but just – I had some friends that were – that I skateboarded with and it played instruments and – they always heard me. I'd always like hum to myself, and my mom even said it as a kid that uh, I would always just make up my own songs and hum and sing to myself. And I always remember doing it, but I was making up my own stuff. It was like my own theme music to my thoughts. And little did I know that it would turn into to what it is. But I'm very grateful. Without a doubt. Well, what would you be doing if you, if it wasn't for ten years? What path do you think you would have taken? Man, I, I don't know. I know that. I've been very, very passionate about creating, just in general. Like, I've grown up my whole life doing artwork and painting and drawing and sculpting. But I've also, my dad was a carpenter and also an artist, so I, even building stuff. I have a seven-year-old son, and I've built him a three-story treehouse. I just have to wow. make things. I always, I have to create. So I'm yeah. so glad that I get music as a creative outlet because – that's just it adds to everything else I've, I've had i get art and music and then i also just just build it's just fun to make things sure that's awesome i don't have that gift i just like uh playing drums mediocrely and enjoying music <laughs> hey man everybody you should you should see me try to play video games or something i'm, I'm terrible so <laughs> i definitely have my weaknesses <laughs> yeah i mean yeah we all do that but you, you know the effortlessly singing it's uh it's it's, it's it's a great treat because uh, the album and then you live, and, you know, listening to both, it, it, they both sound the same, which is it's hard to do for a lot of musicians. Yeah, yeah. It's to be honest, I've I've gone up and down. It's to do it for that many years and and to grow older doing it. Some of those high notes that were completely effortless, even other vocalists will say, as you get older, your voice gets deeper, and some of those high notes are a little harder to reach. So it, it takes practice. It's as much as it seems effortless, in order to really hang on to your craft, you gotta you gotta practice. It's the same as like any sport or any game or anything you do. You you gotta work at it. Yeah, I hear you. What up? Uh, well, uh, one question. Uh, I'm a uh, as I go to the gym, the shift and cut the cord are some of the greatest workout songs currently. Did you write them during or after an adrenaline rush? I just wanted to know that because <laughs> they they'll get your heart pumping. Uh, whatever you're doing, like when you're working out. Well, I, I've I've skateboarded for half of my life, so I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. And music is energy, and that's why we love creating all different types of songs. It just depends on what energy we're in. And those two songs just happened to hit the nail on the head with with that. And uh, when it came to the shift, the music is what created the the vocals. Like when I heard that music, the, the lyrics and and melodies are that's what came to me. And then with um, cut the cord, that opening heavy riff that kicks in they had done for a while and it almost didn't make it i was like we can't let this go we got to keep chipping away and chipping away at it and it finally it, it it turned out the way it was supposed to
And that wraps up this week's fun-filled, adventuresome Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. Special thanks to my guests, Bobby Baird Jr., Amber and Graham of the musical duo Claws, and Jesse Hosick of 10 Years. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, because without you, I'm literally nothing. There's no point in doing this, but it is a fantastic hobby, and I'm very thankful that God gives me the breath and the energy to do it every week because I love it so. It keeps me going, gives me a purpose even if it's just uh, something for me to do. And I'm very thankful for that. And uh, I hope you had a great, safe holiday. Happy Halloween. Now on to Christmas. They probably got all the Christmas stuff put up in the stores. I can't wait to see that because it seems like we just hop holidays. Thanksgiving takes a back seat and Santa Claus is already on his way. But, um, you know, if you have anybody you know you think can make a great guest, they can hit me up at always, as always, Josh Belcher at hotmail.com and we'll see what they got if they want to chat. And uh, just remember that I love you for you and where you are in life. Uh, this week will garner some changes. Hopefully, COVID will calm down. <clears throat> we have a presidential election. Don't talk too much about politics, just stating the facts that uh, I guess Tuesday will have. Uh, you know, some results for that. So there's that going on. And uh, football season's upon us. That's awesome. And that's all I really want to say this go around. But thank you so much. And we have another fantastic lineup next week to look forward to. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. Love yourselves. Be nice to each other. And we'll catch you later down the line. All right, amigos and amigas. Adios.